Hey, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. I just want to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer today that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our three services on Sunday at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 12 p.m. We're located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information at sccview.net. Again, that's sccview.net. Thanks again for listening. I hope that you have a wonderful day. So good. Man, you look good today. Yeah, somebody hung a sign up and said, no ugly people allowed. I'm looking at all good-looking people today. Wow, you look great today. Hey, I'm excited. We're continuing our series today called The Best Life, The Best Year of Your Life. And uh, today we're going to be talking about, uh, in just a few moments, we're going to be talking about how to have three conditions of answered prayer. But before I get into that, I want to invite you to, um, to email me. We've been, we're on a journey together. We're, doing the, we're fasting and praying, and uh, we have our prayer journals. Hope that you've been going through those. Um, interesting story. A, a lady uh, emailed me this week that there was a custody issue going on or, or an issue with her family her, where her husband had not been able to see his children in two years. And uh, she said after reading that journal and after praying and, and believing in faith, she said, all of a sudden, uh, as soon as I prayed that prayer and read my journal, it said, like, there was a contact made between his children and their family. And it's amazing. She said, I know this is a miracle of God. So listen, please send me. When, when God is answering your prayers, please email me. Matter of fact, this is my email address on the screen. I'd love for you to email me, and let's celebrate together because I'm praying for you. Ron and I are praying for you. like... You know, we pray for you every day, every night. We pray that God is going to bless you. So I want to encourage you to do that with me. All right. How many of you want your prayers answered? Let me see your hands. Okay, great. That's about 100%. And so today I want to teach you that. I want to show you how to have your prayers answered. Or, or I can't say there's a formula, but I want to say there's three conditions that I want to tell you about to having answered prayers. And so this morning, if you go ahead and take out your um, message notes, if you have it already, we'll get started. And the first one I would say, if you want to have an answered prayer, number one is this, is you must have an honest relationship with God. If you want to have an answered prayer, it has to be an honest relationship with God. And again, Jesus, Jesus is teaching us this. And, and again, in John's gospel, he writes this, or it's written about Jesus said this, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, now notice this is the next part. Ask whatever you want. You wish. And it will be what? Given to you, right? So here's the deal. He says, there's, always, there's a promise. You ask whatever you wish, and I'll give it to you. But then there's a condition. There is never a promise in God's word without a condition. And the condition is, is that you remain in me, and my words remain in you. Now, how do you remain in Jesus? The way you remain in Jesus is this, is you get in his word, you get in God's word. You know what God is saying to all of us? He's saying, I want you to listen to me before I listen to you. I want you to listen to me. You ever been around people that you can't get a word in edgewise? 
You ever been there? You know, they just, you would try to, they say, how are you doing? And as soon as you start to say, how are you doing? They go, bah, 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 and they just start telling you all about them. And so, so God is saying, I want you to listen to me before I listen to you. All right. So there's two questions to evaluate to see if you have an honest relationship with God. So I'll put them on your outline here. So let's look at them real quickly. You ready? I'll give you the fill-ins. Letter A, am I telling myself what I'm doing is okay? Would you write that down? Is okay when I know God says it's wrong. So that's a question to ask yourself. If you want to have your prayers answered, then we've got to answer this question. Now look at Proverbs 28 and 13. It's down below that. Let's read this first sentence together. You ready? Let's read it together. If you hide your sins, you will not... Okay, let's read this sentence together again. You ready? Let's try it again. If you hide your sins, you will not... Okay, so he's saying, listen, if you want to be successful, then you've got to come clean. If you confess and reject them, then you will receive mercy. And so the Bible says coming clean with God, being honest about it. So is there something in your life that you're saying is okay? You're telling yourself it's okay, but you know in your heart that it's wrong. And that's where stress comes in. You know, when my, heart, when my mind tries to convince my heart that something is right, when my heart knows it's wrong. See what I'm talking about? That's where stress comes in. Then letter B is this. Am I ignoring anything I know, that's the fill-in, I know God wants me to do? Am I ignoring that? Now again, this is to have an honest relationship with God. These two questions will help you evaluate that. <clears throat> okay, look what the, the Bible says in 1 John 3. It says this, My dear friends, if our hearts do not make us feel guilty, we can come without fear into God's presence and God gives us what we ask for. Now let's read what's underlined out loud together. You ready? Come on, let's read. Because we obey God's, God's commands. Because we obey God's commands. And do what pleases Him. Now, any parent will tell you the greatest expression of love, the greatest expression of love that any child can show their parents is obedience. Would you agree with that? I mean, parents, you know, doesn't it make you feel great that when you ask your child to do something and they do it, you're like, oh, you're the best ever. There's nothing that makes us feel more distant at times when our children are living a life of disobedience. Would you agree with that? And so your Heavenly Father is the same way. It's like, listen, if you want to be close to me, then just do what I ask you to do. It's for your own good. It's for your own good. Now, I read a story of a person who was struggling with this, you know, trying to, to uh, you know, do what God was asking them to do, to obey. The lady's name was Mary, and Mary was actually in India, and there was a missionary there who had been there teaching the people, and he had had great success. People were thriving, and when the missionary was leaving, Mary decided, you know, she was the one that was chosen that she was going to continue the work. And so Mary began to try, you know, to do, to have influence with the people. And, but Mary noticed that she was having very little effect. So the next time the missionary was in town, she began to say, what, did, what was your secret? Why, how did people thrive under you? He said, well, Mary, I simply taught people to listen to God and obey. 
And so Mary said, okay, well, so she went back and she said, I realize it's got to start with me. So she went back to her home and she began to pray, God, help me to listen to you and obey. Well, the first thing that came to her mind was that Mary had an issue. Mary had an issue with her neighbor. They were fighting. And so she began to pray, God, you know, help me with this situation. Lord, I want to get it better. So the first thing the Lord put on her, and Mary had a journal, by the way, like the ones we've given you, and she was writing things down. And so she said, Lord, I'm going to listen. What do you want me to do about this? And the only thing that she kept hearing was, give my neighbor an egg. She wrote that down, give my neighbor an egg. She said, I looked at that and realized how stupid that was. So she said, I ripped out the page, I wadded it up, and I threw it in the garbage can. I said, God, this is stupid. I'm missing this. And so Mary was a school teacher, so she went off to school. She come back from her day of school, come back to her house, and to the very chair that she was sitting in writing her journal, there was a chicken sitting in her, in her chair. And she went over there, and she was mad, so she shooed the chicken away. Get out of my chair. Get out of my house. And as soon as she shooed the chicken away, the chicken flew away, and there laid an egg. She said, okay, God, I guess I get this. So the next morning, she gets up, and she goes, and the egg is there. She gets the egg. And she doesn't want to talk to her neighbor because she's still a little aggravated. So she goes by and says, God, I'm going to do this. So she takes the egg and she gives the egg to the, to the neighbor's child. And then all of a sudden, the neighbor, the, the, she tells the little boy, she said, listen, take this egg and give it to your mom. So the little boy goes and gives the egg to the mom. Well, the mom, comes, once the mom gets the eggs this morning, once the mom gets the eggs, she goes immediately over to Mary's house. She said, why did you give us this egg? Why did you give us this egg? And Mary begins to tell the story, how that she was trying to learn to listen to God and obey what God had to say to her. And then that whole time, that neighbor began to weep. And she said, Mary, I had just prayed. I had just fed our kids everything that we had in our house. And I said, God, if you'll just give me one egg, that'll be enough for me today. Isn't it amazing when we begin to obey what God says to us, even though when it sounds a little ludicrous, a little crazy, that how God's plan is beginning to unravel and unfold in our lives. And so I want to tell you, your, your obedience, not only does it affect your life, but it affects other people's lives as well. And so we must learn to obey. And the first step of obeying, the first step of listening to God is asking Jesus to come into your life. Listen, you can never have your prayers answered if you're not in relationship with God. And the way you begin that is through relationship with Jesus Christ. And at SEC, we always want to make sure that you know how to do that. So there's a prayer inside of our program, that again, that we draw your attention to. And let me just tell you something. Over 256 people prayed this prayer last year in this sanctuary. Isn't that awesome? That's just awesome. So we want to invite you to pray this prayer and begin your journey with Jesus Christ. And the way that you do that, you pray the prayer, and then you just mark it on the back of your connection card. We're not asking you to stand up, come forward, any of that. We just want to pray with you. So if you mark it on the back of this card that you pray the prayer to become a Christ follower today so we can pray with you. Okay, number two. You ready? Will you write this down? Remember, we're talking about three conditions for answered prayer. Number two is you must have, you must have a forgiving attitude toward other people. 
You must have a forgiving attitude toward other people. I'm going to let you write that down because this is something I want to speak to you about because the Bible says there's nothing more that hinders our prayers than an unforgiving attitude and an unforgiving spirit. Look what the Bible says. Jesus actually says this. He says in Mark 11, he says, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it. Notice that it. And what it Okay, you know why I put the word it there? Because everybody has a different it, don't we? When we're praying, I mean, like whatever you're, whatever you're praying about is a different it for you than what I'm praying about. I, I need it, you need it, right? He says, believe that you have received it and it will be whose? Yours. See the promise there? That's a promise. Believe it and ask for it and you shall receive it. Now here's a condition. Notice a condition. There's never a promise without a condition. He says this, and when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, what are we to do? Let's read those next two words. Forgive him or forgive her. Forgive him so that your Father in heaven may also forgive you. There is nothing that kills prayer any faster than resentment. If you have bitterness in your heart towards someone else, the Bible says that is like having a lid on your prayers. It can't go up. So you're trying to go up, but you can't. God's not hearing you when you've got unforgiveness in your heart towards someone else. Now, Jesus knows that we, God knew the problem, and that's why in the Lord's Prayer, he talks about this. So let's look at it, and we're going to read this portion of the Lord's Prayer together. It's actually in Matthew 6 and 12, so let's read it together. You ready? Let's read. And forgive us our debts as we forgive, as we forgive our debtors. Forgive us our debts. Now, why did he say that? In the Lord's Word, notice the order of that. God, forgive me as I forgive someone else. Here's what I want you to know. There's two things. The first thing is, is that the reason God, Jesus said in the perfect prayer is that we say, God, forgive me, and then i got to forgive someone else. The first reason is because, listen, until you receive forgiveness, you can't forgive forgiveness. You can't give forgiveness. Until you receive it, you can't give it. You cannot give away what you do not have. Right? So he says, Lord, in the perfect prayer, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my debts. Forgive me. And then after you have freely received that God has forgiven you, then you can go and freely forgive someone else. So you've got you to receive forgiveness first. The second thing is this is that when I pray the Lord's Prayer and I say, God, forgive me in my death, guess what I'm doing? I am focusing on what God has already done for me, right? And then, I, see, when I focus on what God has done for me, then I can let go of what someone's done to me. Did you hear that? So when I pray, the Lord, forgive me of my sins. Lord, you have been so good to me. And once I realize how God has been so good to me, then I can forgive what someone has done to me. And listen to this. Some of, you, some of you have not, some of you say, well, I can't forgive because I can't forget. Listen, forgiving is not forgetting. If you could forget it, you wouldn't need to forgive it. Right? I mean, if I, could, if I could get it out of my mind, then I wouldn't need to forgive it. The problem that I have and the problem that you have is it pops up every once in a while. Am I right about it? 
right? What someone done to you, it could have been a long time ago, you think you're over it, and all of a sudden out of nowhere it comes in, and you get that little feeling like, am I, am I right about it? Okay, you just tell me now. Okay, because I, I might be the only one in this room that has that problem. So how do, how do I move? I, how do I forgive someone? How do I do that? Because I can't forget it. Here's what we do. Is that whenever that thought pops up, I just go back and say, God, I remember what you did for me, and therefore I'm not going to focus what they did to me. Matter of fact, God has done so much good in my life. Listen, there is nobody that can do so much evil in my life to match the goodness of Almighty God. Did you hear that? Listen, it doesn't matter what anybody's ever done to me. There's been a, you know, you could go back through your life. There could be horrible things. But I'm telling you, for all that is, if their evil is here, God's goodness is here, right? And so whenever that thought comes my way, and when it comes bombarding my mind, and I start thinking about what happened to me and what they did to me, all of a sudden I say, God, but you have been so good to me. You have blessed me, God. You have me things I shouldn't have deserved. You've forgiven my sins. You've washed me clean, oh God. You've blessed me with a great wife. You've blessed me with two beautiful children, God. And you've blessed me with all these. You've been good for, Lord, you've done so much for me. I ain't got time to worry about what people done to me. Right? You say, well, that's just easy for you to say. Well, let me tell you something. You put it into practice, and guess what? You start forgiving people. Because, I mean, you don't know this, but what you have in your heart is holding you back. See, some of them people are dead and gone already, and you still, they're still eating you up. Whew. You know what I'm talking about? Okay. So my question, oh, 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 I put this on your outline. I can't forget this. You ready? It's on your outline. I want us to read it together. Get your pen out because you're going to circle a couple words. You ready? Here we go. Let's read this together. You ready? Bitterness comes when I keep thinking about what someone has done. So circle that to me. Now let's read the rest of it. You ready? Forgiveness comes when I keep thinking about what God has done. I want you to circle that for me. My friends, right there is your secret to freedom. I wrote that down for you. Matter of fact, if you want to help the world, that would be a good one to put on Facebook. Why don't, why don't I write this stuff down? I don't, listen, my goal in life is to help you get better. See, you can go to other churches and you can feel good for a little while, but then you don't get better. Here with SEC, we want you to get better. It's an opportunity for a better life. Why? Because we're going to teach you what to do. After the feeling's gone, and when you're feeling horrible, all of a sudden that thought's going to come in about, about that person, and all of a sudden today you're going to remember what was said today, and that thought's going to come in, and you're going to say, oh, no, 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 I can't go there. God, you have done so much for me, I ain't got time to think about what they've done to me. And when you start doing that, listen, the devil that's causing those thoughts, he don't want you praising God, and he's going to stop. Now I'm telling you what. This is better than 20 hours of counseling right here. <laughs> Amen? I don't, I don't know if this is as good to you as, I'm, as it is to me. I mean, I, when I learned this, it was like, whoa, I'm free. You ain't holding me down no more. So my question to you is this. Who do you need to forgive? Who is it? It's time to let them go. Do you know where the place where the resentment grows the most is in families? 
the most. It's in families. In the Bible, we see that there, uh, first, uh, Peter is actually writing, and, and he's actually written to his, uh, to the ladies already, and then he begins to turn toward the men. He begins to talk to us about families. Look what he says. He says, in the same way you husbands must honor your wives, treat your wives with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of your wife, of a new life. Now look at this. Treat her as you should. Treat her as you should. Treat her as she deserves. No, no. Treat her as you should. Why? Let's read what's on the line together. You ready? So your prayers will not be hindered. Oh. Some of you, the, the wall is here. You're trying to pray, but something ain't right at home. Do you know that you can be married and have bitterness toward that person? You can be, have been married for 15, 20, 30, 40 years and have bitterness between you and your spouse. And it's hindering your prayers. Why are things not going right? Because you got it. I don't care. Listen, it's possible in everybody's home. So that's why we have to learn to forgive. I read of a guy who was a, a Catholic priest, and, and he shared of a story that how that, uh, his hometown, it was true, that how in his hometown there was very few divorces. And he said the reason being is because every time before they got married, that they would have, they would give every couple a wedding cross. And what they were told to do is that any time that you begin to have an argument and a disagreement and it begins to get heated, one of you are to run to that cross and you're to get the cross and you're to come back before the other person and you're to kneel down and you're to pray. Now, what is he teaching us? He was saying, listen, that when that happens, all of a sudden, when you bring God in the middle of that heated dispute, all of a sudden things settle down. So I've got another lesson for you. Again, you want to get better? You ready for this? Do you want to get better? Here it is. Here it is. If you want to get better, here it is. When it gets heated around your house, baby, stop, drop, and pray. People, listen, people, your husband or your wife will not, they will not keep yelling at you if you're on your knees saying, oh, God, I know I'm an imperfect man. I know I have many flaws in my life, and I'm sorry, God. And Lord, would you please help them to know that I, I'm just a piece of work, oh God. But Lord, you're going to help me, and I'm going to be a better husband, oh Lord. You're going to straighten this mess out. When you start praying like that, guess what they're going to do? <laughs> the Holy Spirit is not going to have people yelling at you. You don't believe it works. You know, when, I, when my kids were at home and I would be upstairs, you know, they would get up, go to the bathroom early in the morning or something, and I would be in there, you know, praying, and I would leave my door open sometimes to that office that I had that was upstairs where their bedrooms were, and I would be praying, and they'd come by, and they'd see me praying and hear me pray, and go, oh, 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 I'm sorry. When you, when you get in the middle of it and someone's yelling at you, they're going off on you, baby, you stop, drop, and pray. And when you stop, drop, and pray, they're going to shut up. They're going to go, what are you doing? It's come down to that. Now, do you want to get better? I'll tell you what happens. You, see, you say, Pastor Jeff, I've been married for almost 30 years. My wife's a wonderful woman. 
to put up with me for 30 years, she's got to be great. But I want to tell you this, about four years ago, I discovered something that helped us help a lot, have a lot of those discussions that we used to have go away. And that was that when at night before we go to sleep, I reach over and I grab her hand and I just take her hand and I pray a blessing over her. Do you know that when I started praying that blessing over her, that all of a sudden the tension, some of the tensions that we had have went just... What I'm telling you is that when you pray together, the Holy Spirit does what you cannot do to help you release the tension that's inside of you, and He begins to work in both of you. And listen, if you pray together on a regular basis, you don't have to stop, drop, and pray that often because you already prayed up. You see, because we don't pray every night, it's hard for us to be mad at each other every day. You know, it's hard. If you know prayer's time coming, then you know you've got to get over what you all, what's on, what you got to get over whatever you, you, you got to get over it. <laughs> Let's just say that, all right? Before prayer time comes, right? I mean, imagine if you're the pastor of the church here, and then you and your spouse had an argument, and you got to preach a sermon. You know what? you got to get over it before you preach. Every day you're preaching a sermon, and you need to get over it. Here's what I want to help you do that. I want to help you schedule a stop, drop, and pray. You ready? What I've asked you to do is I've asked you to put hope in your home. And the way we do that, hope stands for this. Home of prayer every day. H-O-P-E, home of prayer every day. So I'm asking you, I'm asking you with me, especially for this 21 days, that you will circle up with your family at night or in the morning, whatever you choose, and I would ask you to pray a prayer. You say, Pastor, I don't know what to pray. Well, you just pray the Lord's Prayer. I double dog, triple dog dare you. I dare you the next time that you get, if somebody gets heated against you, I dare you to, I dare you to drop on your knees and say, Oh, yes, Lord. When you do that, God comes right in the middle and the Holy Spirit is not going to let stuff happen that's been happening in your house. Now, do you want to get better? That's the question. Do you want to get better? See, I can teach you how, but I can't do it for you. So now you've got, you got it. God's, you say, you've been, some of you have been praying about an answer. God, help my marriage get better. Help it with my children get better. And God is answering your prayer right now. He's telling you, okay, you're going to pray every day. And when you do, things are going to get better. That's so little gets so big results. Amen? Amen. So what I want you to do is on the back of your connection card, there is a box that says, I will do my best to pray the Lord's Prayer with my family every day. I'd like for you to check that because I'm going to be praying for you as you make this commitment. Now, tonight we're having... a a movie here called War Room. If you haven't seen it, it's awesome, and I'd love to have you here with me. Okay, number three, let's write this down. So the third condition of answered prayer, number three is this, is you must believe that God will answer. So we said, number one, you must have a relationship, an honest relationship with God. Number two, we said that you have to have a forgiving attitude toward other people. And then number three, you must believe that God will answer. You must believe it. This morning, I want to tell you that is the most critical thing to prayer. 
Look what the Bible says. James 1 and 5, he says, But if any of you lack wisdom, he should go and ask all the friends on Facebook how to handle this. Oh, that's not what you do? That's what I see happening. If any of you lack wisdom, they should go check out the magazines that are in line at Walmart and Kroger. If any of you lack wisdom, you should what? You should what? Pray to God. Pray to God. You should pray to God who will give it what? To you. Who will give it to you. Because, you ready? Would you circle this next three words? God gives generously. Would you circle that? And graciously to all. But no, here comes the condition again. But when you pray, you must what? Believe and not doubt at all. Whoever doubt is like a wave in the sea that is driven and blown around about by the wind if you are like that unable to make your mind and undecided in all you do you must not think that that you you will receive anything from the lord let me just tell you something there's one kind of prayer that god answers and that is the prayer of faith the problem that we have in our culture is this is that we don't know what faith is you know what L- listen to this very closely If I were to ask you, you know, is faith believing that God can? Many of you would say yes, but I want to tell you something. That's not faith. Because that's a fact. Whether you believe it or not, that's a fact. God can do anything, right? You believe that? So if God can't, that ain't faith. That's a fact. God can do it. That's a fact. Whether you believe it or not. And the other thing that we think that faith is, is that when we pray like this, God, I I hope he will. You see, you know, God just might do that. We say, God might do it. God, I believe that God might do this. Well, might is not that. Might, might is just another form of hope. So hope is not faith. It's not faith. So facts are not faith. Hope and so is not faith. What is faith? Faith is when you pray, God, and you pray and you ask God, and you, and you look at yourself in the eye, and you look at people around you and say, I know God will. Did you hear that? I know God will. That's faith. I know He will. And so what do you do? You say, Pastor Jeff, have you prayed that prayer and you believe God will? Has He answered every prayer immediately? No. Listen, there's some prayer that I've been praying for about 10 or 15 years that I'm still believing that God will do it and I'm holding that He's going to do it. it. Listen, it may not come the hour after you pray. It may not come the day after you pray. It may not come the year after you pray. It may not come 10 years after you pray. But every day I get up, I'm looking for it to happen because God said He will. Amen? Amen. God will. I'm telling you, so in your life today, listen, every day you get up with expectation, you say, God, I know you will do this. I know you will heal our home. I know you will heal this disease in my body. I know, oh God, that you will heal the relationship that I have. I know you will heal my finances. God, I know that you will. I believe that you will do this, oh God. Too many people pray, God, I know you can. Yeah, the devil knows that too. 
Oh, I hope so. Hope so. Hope so. I hear so many I said, man, I've been praying for you. They said, oh, I hope God will do it. I'm like, just shut up. Just shut up. It's faith that moves God. Facts do not move God. Hope does not move God. Only faith moves the hand of God. Only faith moves the hand of God. The problem that we have in our culture is this, is we say this. We say we'd rather just pay for it than pray for it. <laughs> mm, 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 mm. That's why some of you are so stressed out in debt right now, is that you've been trying to pay for everything that God said, if you'd pray for it, I'd give it to you. This is much better than you thought it was going to be. Isn't it? What is it that you want? that you're working so hard to get. Maybe you should stop working so hard to try to get it and start spending a little time asking the Heavenly Father for it and believe that He will send it, then you might have it. And when you have it His way, friend, it's not, a, it's not a noose around your neck. It doesn't drown you. It doesn't take you down. You get to celebrate and say how good God Almighty is. And you share what He's done for you. That's what God wants for you. Woo! There's a couple in our church it's had to practice faith. There's a guy by the name of Jeff Benton in our church. He's sitting in our congregation today. Three months ago, he was a walking dead man. He was yellow as could be. He was dying. But every time you see Jeff, he'd say, God's got this. I know God's going to take care of me. I prayed God will. God will. God's going to get this. God's got this. He had more faith than me. He had more faith than his spouse. He had more faith than anybody. He kept believing this. And I want you to listen to his story, what God has done in his life. Hi, I'm Jeff Benton. This is my wife, Angie. In 1996, I was diagnosed with a liver disease called primary biliary cirrhosis. Basically, my immune system had turned against my liver and was rejecting it. Over the course of time of the diagnosis, they thought, well, this is so, caught so early that it will probably never be an issue in my life and it wouldn't become, I would never even need a transplant. But as time went on, the disease did progress and turned into fibrosis and then transplant started to be talked about, but it was still supposed to be 10, 10 years away or so. But then a year ago, the disease accelerated and I was going to have to be put on the transplant list. I finally got listed for transplant in July of uh, 2016. And then the wait began and the wait continued. It wasn't so too many months before I got the transplant, but it seemed like an eternity. And then up until I got on the list, people would say, well, how are you feeling? I said, well, if I didn't know anything was wrong, I wouldn't know anything was wrong. But in the last year, I could tell something was changing. It was changing pretty quickly. On November 1st, I got home from work and the phone rang. And it was unbelief when I heard the voice on the other end and said, we've got you a liver. We need you to get you up here as fast as possible. the numbers on my blood work, they stalled and they weren't 
improving. And as a matter of fact, they got a, just a little bit worse. So the doctor said, okay, we're gonna have to do some tests on you. We need to do some, we need to start with an ultrasound. We got some other scans we need to do. We may even have to do a biopsy. But there was one scan, a HIDA scan that I had to do that they said, okay, you're gonna be under this machine and you have to lie perfectly still. Okay, fine, no problem. I said, and the test takes about an hour. And I remember laying there just, and I just started talking to God. It was nothing, no real official prayer like, dear Lord, I just started talking to him like he was, like I was looking at him. And I said, Lord, I don't know what's going on. I know you do. You've brought me this far. And I know that your will is gonna be done. I just trust it to you. If this is the path you want me to take, I'll take it. And then the team of doctors come in and they said, well, your levels are improving, so we were gonna cancel the biopsy. And um, that was a relief. I, I, once, once they left, I looked out the window and I had a, a pretty nice view from my room in the hospital and I just, I just started crying and thanking the Lord for what he had done. I called Angie and I was in tears and I think I scared her at first. We've always put our hope and our faith in God, but he's definitely through all this, it's been a faith builder. And we're just so lucky and fortunate to be able to be on this side of it. It was right on time. It couldn't have been a better, perfect time in our life. Um, things just, it all just lined up. And um, with his job situation, with just my work, uh, just everything, this holidays, I mean, those things were important to us, and God just let, you know, his big prayer was, God, let me just be able to go to work, come home, and get a call, and that's exactly what happened. We'll always have forever reminders. He's got a big scar across his stomach, um, you know, but those are just the little things, and to have him here is what's important, and for our girls to see that God heals, God still heals, and it, and he is, is in the healing business, and I think that's been the biggest thing that's helped me. God has been faithful through this, and He has answered prayer. I mean, we couldn't have, you couldn't have asked for a better situation. As it turned out, this has been, the hospital was great. Everybody has been just so great, and everybody's thoughts and prayers, I, we certainly, certainly appreciate it. We can't express that enough. We just give God a hand for that miracle. So I got one question to ask you. What are you expecting from God? Many of you are getting exactly what you expect. You're expecting too much of people and too little from God. Let's change that. So I have a next step for you. I want to put it on the screen and I want to screen I want to I want to read it to you and I hope you'll take it. It says this. Actually it's on your outline. I mean on your uh, connection card and outline. It says this. I will believe God for it when I pray and expect it after I pray. I will believe God for it when I pray and expect it after I pray. That's a person of faith. 
And today, listen, if, if I told you your solution, your problem would cost you $10,000, many of you would have it. But it's just that simple. I believe it when I pray, and I'm going to expect it after I pray. Amen? Now, can you do that? You say, Pastor Jeff, I'm trying. That's right. You're going to start doubting, but then you're going to hear these my words again saying, God will. Amen? I'm going to invite you to do something with me. I'm going to invite you to stand with me. And we're going to sing this song. It's our theme song for this series. And today, I'm asking you, as you're, as you're thinking about it, you're it in your life, today as we sing this song, you're going to release it. You're going to have a prayer, and you're going to release it. You're going to, in this, while we're singing this song, you say, God, I surrender it to you. I surrender myself to you. And doing so, you're going to release it to God. And so, you're going to begin to expect God to move. Come on, let's do it right now together. Sing us together. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net. And click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.